0: Hello, welcome to Raising the Bar podcast series. This podcast series is focused on artists. We highlight women and underrepresented creatives whose artworks encompass various layers which speak to their experiences and the communities which have shaped and molded them. We hope that our content inspires collectors, gallerists, and institutions across the globe to look closely at their works, explore, and integrate their creative works into collections and archives which transcend beyond time. I am your host, Jewel Sparks, and let's get right to it. We're here with Harold Smith, and um, I know you recently have gone through a lifestyle modification, uh, some of it due to the fact that you uh, recently retired. Yes. Um, And is it true that like right before you retired, you were you were accepted into this residency or space. Could you tell us a little bit actually first about your career and then like where you are now and how you've ended up where you are?
1: Yeah. I was accepted into this residency. uh, I think October, November, November, And then my retirement date was December uh, 17th, so.
0: Tell us a little bit about this uh, residency, because obviously there's a lot of different residencies across the globe, but tell us specifically about uh, this residency program, like who's accepted, how do they identify artists, and just how it all came about.
1: Okay, it is through Studios Inc. And the director is Courtney Wesson. And what this uh, residency does, they provide studio space for an artist for three years, and these are huge studios probably this studio frankly is probably about six times as big as my house so you have the loosest of the space do whatever you want um for three years only thing i need to provide is insurance you know i could put an insurance carrier on my home policy but to cover being in here but other than that it's it's designed to help artists um uh, launch their studio practices uh, to give you more room to work with it's in the crossroads section or close to the art supply stores and close to the hardware stores. Um, so <laughs> so um, uh, yeah, so that's how it works. it's a beautiful thing, and I will simply say this is what I 've discovered already. I was watching a film on Netflix called "Really Love," and there was a part where Michael Ealy is playing an older artist talking to a younger artist, and he says, "When your workspace is separate from your living space, you will create the art you were c- intended to create. And I will be honest with you, it does seem true because now that all of this is out of my living room and garage, and I have to get up every day and pack a lunch and go to the studio, it feels different. And I think that difference is going to show in my work. So um, it's there. And plus, I can be a little more, a little more. Uh, I don't know what the word I want to use, but like if I'm, if I'm doing something where it requires like a big slash of paint on the canvas, I don't have to worry about paint flying on the sofa or TV. Well, I already got it on the TV in here, but I don't have to worry about it landing on the sofa or wall because put it this way, my whole living room has to be repainted. Now it's got paint stains all over from 30 years of 25, 24 years of painting in there. So it does make a difference. You can try new things. You can work on multiple projects at once because you have the room to spread them out. It's a place to meet patrons. Uh, I don't. I no longer have. If people want to see my work, I know. I no longer have to bring them into my living space to see it. And there's other artists here, so you know it's like a community. There's a camaraderie. There's a. It, but it is a workplace. I mean, I walk in, and you know we're coming. I got my steel tote on, and I got my. I hang up my apron at the end of every day before I go home. I wash my brushes first, lay them out so they'll dry properly, hang up my apron. so frankly, in a lot of ways, it's, and believe it or not, it's literally down the street, probably a minute away from the school I retired from,
0: literally oh, wow. right down the block.
1: I know, literally. I could see, I could, every day when I was going to work, I could literally see Studios, Inc., now, Studios Inc. Is, a, is not just one building. It's actually five buildings all combined. They're not new buildings. Some of them, are, I think this one used to be a stable, a horse stable. Wow. Back, way back, one of them used to be a warehouse. One of them used to be a factory, I believe.
0: So, so they just have a lot of real estate uh, around town in, in uh, Kansas City. And then they just decided, like, this is their donation to the creative communities?
1: Now, that I don't know. I think, I don't know. I don't know how they acquired the building. I think it's proper. I think well, I'll put it this way: for a long time, this whole section of town was downtrodden. Was de- after the the stockyards left Kansas City for a while, this whole part of town was really kind of was depressed. In other words, a lot of empty, abandoned buildings. But of course, now businesses are coming back in. So there's probably you know they probably got the building at a great discount. But now that now that the now that the area is revitalized. Now the studio every year I have to donate what they call two major pieces to Studio's Inc. They sell those pieces because this is a nonprofit. So that so there's literally a gallery out here, and that's how they sell their pieces, and that's how they maintain it. Is through. Um,
0: they do like an auction or some charity or something yeah. like every year.
1: Well, they do events. It. They have they have they'll they'll be a, a show where I'll exhibit with the other studio, other artists in the residency. Um, But there's there's open house events. But yeah, there's a lot of events.
0: How did they stumble upon you, actually? Like, how did how how did it all like happen? I know you said well, that, you know, you I mean, but did you apply? I mean, had you I did apply. had your eyes on them? Had they contacted okay. you first or,
1: or what? I, OK, I had previously thought about applying, but I'll be honest with you. I knew that as long as I was teaching full time, I wouldn't really be able to use studio the way I would want because I just wouldn't be able have the energy. So I decided to apply last fall. But, you know, I, you know, being a part of the exhibit at the Nelson Atkins, uh, having a solo exhibit at the Nerman Museum three years ago. My, you know, over, over the past five or six years, my, my local profile has been coming up. So I think, you know, that, le- that made it easier this time because I think I'm in a position now where they can look and say, based on what this guy's been doing and where he's going, if we, if we put him in a studio, he's going to really do something with it. Nice. So it took a while to get here. I'm telling you, I, 20 years ago, what is this, 2022? Over 20 years ago, I was actually selling art on eBay.
0: But that's pretty, like, innovative because yeah, some remember, people were using
1: I eBay one, back then. I, yeah. I remember one time I was literally down at the city market with my car and my son, who was about three, and we had pieces literally setting out, selling them. But, yeah, I did eBay for – and here's, here's the deal. I didn't go to art school, but I often told artists this is what I did. I would buy art materials and do experiments and try stuff, and I would sell the experiments on eBay you take that money to buy more art supplies
0: i love it i, I would really love it
1: if i sold a sketch for 30 dollars, i know it doesn't sound like a lot of money but i make a sketch on a piece of paper i like it i put it on ebay somebody buys it for 30 35 i take that 35 go buy some paint to work on something else and just keep going
0: so, so that you're investing me. in your future you're investing yeah. in, in your passion actually and i think that that's a great way to do it for sure exactly Exactly. Um, we had, we were talking uh, before, and you were talking about, um, so you basically studied uh, computer science, and mm-hmm. then you were computer science teacher for how that's many me. years?
1: 33.
0: 33 mm-hmm. years. Uh-huh. And by the way, that's great, because it is hard to find, and computer science is one of the most important, the STEM um, courses is very important for our youth today. So mm-hmm. um, congratulations on that. Now, but you had mentioned that you had also throughout your career wanted to teach art. And so my question actually is yeah. now that you have this huge studio and you're working and crea- creating art, do you think that this is a potential opportunity for you mm-hmm. to potentially bring in some youth and and like allow yeah. them yeah. to spend some time with you in the studio? Um. And so like that dream to come true. Have you thought about that? Oh gosh, yes.
1: In fact, the guy that replaced me since I retired mid year, the brother that they applied, that, you know, they're looking for an art teacher and they said we have this guy who currently drives a school bus but he has a master's degree in sculpture and he taught at a charter school but something happened, I guess the charter shut down or something. The brother came in for an interview, guess what? He's one of my former computer students from so yeah, I know. We took some pictures together. It was, it's a blessing. So anyway I just told him, brother, when it warms up You know, get up, get put together a field trip, pick some kids that are really serious, and bring them down to the studio. We'll come in here, we'll set, we'll talk. I'll order some pizza. We'll have fun, and might even get together and roll out a big canvas and whip out a little something, some. You know?
0: Oh, Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: To to me, helping other artists is a part of my artistic (laughs) practice. That's I'm a teacher. I mean, it's like kind of in my blood. It's kind of in my DNA. So, yeah, I'm going to always, I just think, yeah, yeah, it's, I, I mentor other artists right now because of COVID. A lot of it's online. Uh, I've encouraged, showed other, this is, do this, do that. This. this is, when I say mentor, I don't tell nobody what to do, but I just let them know what their options are. Look at, and I tell them what worked for me. May not work for you, but it worked for me. But yes, to answer your question, I, I most undoubtedly, yes, yeah.
0: I'm looking forward to that. Um, so what, now that you've been uh, in this studio with all this space separated from both like your home, so now you really have like your passion life and then your home life, like you have this separation. So do you feel or that it's kind of uh, sparked a different type of uh, creativity uh, within you?
1: It has. Um, I'm thinking of some things that especially now that I have the space to work. I'm thinking of some some very large projects I want to do, some experimental things I want to do. Um, Yeah, I don't want to give away too much, but I got one thing in my mind that I'm really thinking I want to do this.
0: Basically, you have all this space. You're going to do something great. Um, I also saw you're going to start having some networking events.
1: I thought about it, honestly, you know, I, th- I but, you know, I mean, when I first got, I thought about I have all these people Then I realized walking through here. I got other artists working around me in different studios. I got to maintain the fact that it is a workplace. And so I, I, you know, I do I do have individual collectors come in to look at the work. But I had to let people know we ain't going to be popping it off like you ain't going to be out up here popping bottles and making it rain. But uh, yeah, I
0: saw your disco ball. You're like, hey, let's <laughs> Yeah, they're yeah,
1: gonna be like, I mean, that's it's like, fun to think about it, but no,
0: yeah, it's a lot of work too, to clean up all the, And Plus, you know, you have to like guard my work of art. I'm really excited about that. And be uh, respectful of
1: the other tenants, be respectful of the other artists that are in here trying to work. Yes, I don't want to d- create a distracting atmosphere for them.
0: That's true, that's true um so harold what's what's next for you so obviously you have the space Mm. um you're probably working harder than you were before when you actually were teaching as well i have i have a feeling you know because i think now you just have more time to like work even more yeah (laughs) that's it
1: that's it in fact in fact I'm, i'm gonna tell you something you know in fact um in fact um I got my laptop in the studio, and frankly, I kind of lock it in here now so that when I go home, I could just watch TV and just relax and not, and that's, you know, and that enables me not to have to, you know, it, when you're, you know, when you don't take time away to just live, then it, it, it impacts your work, you know what I'm saying?
0: That's true. Who are some of your favorite artists and, and those who have influenced your work?
1: Okay, well, um, my favorite artist in the world is actually a former student. And I would love to share, you, share his work. He was, um, unfortunately, as a very young child, he was in a very bad fire, which has completely affected the way he looks. He struggled. He's considered disabled. He'll never be able to live on his own. But I love his art. I own his art. Um, he only sells his art for $20, $25 a piece. But yeah, he's my favorite artist because I, I, to me, it's more about the narrative than it, than it the narrative. I call him the most courageous artist I know. Uh, some would consider his art to be primitive and primal. To me, I see it like folk art, like in the, in the vein of most Tolliver, people like that. So um, he's my favorite. Beyond him, uh, there's a local artist named Linnell Diggs that I dig. He's doing a series now inspired by black m- movies. And, and I'm a cinephile. You know, here's the deal. On Sundays, this is my thing. Unless I'm going to the studio, but on Sundays in the morning, I'll probably listen to gospel all morning. But on Sunday afternoon, I watch nothing but Black films. That's it. It could be, uh, uh, what was the one with Dorothy Dandridge and and Henry Belafonte? Carmen Jones. I'll watch Carmen (laughs) Jones.
0: So that's why you really like this artist that's going to do all this uh, movie, uh, cinematic inspired art. Wow.
1: I made a few pieces, but Linnell is really taking it. I the last one he posted, this thing is a museum quality. And he's he really doesn't have a web presence yet. You know, he's about 40. So he's still, he's still, but the work is if he just keeps making the work like that, I told him, brother. <clears throat> is mm.
0: he full-time artist?
1: No, no, I don't think so. I think he has a, a regular day job, but he has a very small studio in Interurban, but No, he's like I was. I mean, this guy's 40. And when I was 40, I was working a full time job doing the art on the side. Difference with this guy, though, is he i tell you. uh, He he can. He's a very good drawer. And so he can really, really draw.
0: I've seen um, some of your pieces. You've also been represented by galleries in New York.
1: Well, I've been in exhibitions in New York, but not really represented. I was in a exhibit through uh black wall street gallery and sold the piece last fall. Uh, there's a, a, a old time, uh, a well, uh, 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 what is a curator, Michael Montanaro that I've known for 15, 16 years yes. that has a gallery in new, well, he's in New York and he still represents me on artsy. I've known Mike. Man, put it this way. When I I met him, him and his wife had been married maybe a year with no kids. And now they got kids in high school. So there you
0: go. Yeah. So I think that that's the gallery that I saw uh, when I when I was looking at your art, um, actually on Artie. Mm -hmm. So that's great. I mean, you've obviously kept that flexibility.
1: Mm -hmm. Well, he gave Um, me my first exhibition outside of Kansas City
0: what's coming up next? Like, do you have any big exhibitions coming up? Um, mm-hmm. are you gonna be doing stuff uh, other places other than mm-hmm. Kansas City? Or are you just kind of like Kansas City's your vibe right now? I mean, mm-hmm. have you been are you going to any art fairs? Okay. What's happening?
1: Well, uh, I don't have any exhibitions lined up right now. I guess I'm just kind of just trying to get in as much work as I can, make up for lost time. Uh So right now, right now there's no exhibits planned. But yeah, as far as art fairs, I'm planning on going to some, but I won't be in in any that I know of.
0: Yeah, what what art fair are you going to go to that's coming up next?
1: Well, here I don't know. And here's the deal: I got a. In addition to the the residency, I was awarded a Charlotte Street Visual Artist Fellowship. It's a one year fellowship, and in a first of well not in well. Part of it is you get a $10,000 cash, unrestricted cash grant. And being on being retired and on a fixed income, man, thank you for that. Uh, <laughs> yes. Went to the art supply store the other day and I walked down and I said, you know, Charlotte Street giveth, but the art store taketh away. But uh, but listen, um, on the real, uh, what am I saying? I got another grant through them called the Byron Cohen Cohen Traveling and they will pay $1,800 for me to attend any art fair anywhere in the world. So I'm thinking about I've been to New York before. I'm thinking about Miami Basel just cuz it's cuz I hate cold weather and it's hot down there.
0: That's true. That's a nice place. So you're thinking about uh later mm, oh December. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Heading
0: there in December. I think I recommend that. Um I just got back from Art Basel Miami
1: Basel. Uh, Basel. I'm saying Basel, Basel. Thank you for correcting Basel. me. I'm,
0: that still has my Kansas twang on it too but either way wow. you, know, a, you know another one you should consider though mm-hmm. is the one in Venice because mm-hmm. they're about to do something very spectacular
1: really
0: Tony Chapman mm-hmm. the artist from Baltimore they're doing this amazing biennial uh, with um, mm-hmm. this gallerist actually out of Baltimore and
1: okay. they're doing
0: this whole exploration like on futurism and stuff. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of black artists that that are going to be there in Venice coming up.
1: Good. I like that.
0: Consider that one. Yeah, I will. Um, And then let's quickly talk a little bit about your um, collector's base.
1: Some of my collectors are people that bought my sketches and drawings on eBay 20 years ago, have stayed in touch. Uh, So some of them, in fact, the the guy I mentioned, Michael Montanaro, he started out as a collector. He purchased some of my art on eBay maybe in 2003 or 2004, so it's built. I haven't really done anything intentionally to build my artist, my collector base. I just kind of worked on my art and it just kind of came. There's a quote from from Rene Ricard where he says, it's part of the artist's job to get the work where it may be seen. I think that's the key, whether it's it's physically or online, that's the key. And I've told a lot of artists, this is what I've kind of told them. Just get the art where it may be seen. You don't have to tell people your art is good or great, or you don't have to self-inflate. You don't have to brag on your work if your work speaks for itself. So I tell them, if you get your artwork where it can be seen and it's compelling work, and you have a compelling narrative to go with it, that's it. That, that should take you. I mean, just, just think about that. I mean, who's the, who's the rapper? What's his name? I mean, I'm not a rap. Fan the new stuff, but Soldier Boy, Soldier Boy, Soldier Boy is considered, you know, a, a season. He started out with YouTube videos. He was literally rapping over other people's beats on YouTube, but his rhymes were considered so good that he developed an audience that way.
0: Yeah, so. I think. Yeah, I think that's true. What advice do you have for artists, young emerging artists today?
1: Uh, well, first and foremost, put the work where it can be seen. You take what, do, do what works for you. There were people, when I were on eBay, there were people that told me that if I sold my art on eBay, I would never be taken seriously as an artist. I had multiple people told me that. That would be the end of my art career. Did anybody want to take you seriously? Some of those very artists that told me that are, you can't even find, in, you can't even find them today. Yeah. Uh, so, so you gotta work, just like, you know, as black people have always done, if you're, especially for young black artists, it's like in Tupac has a song "Dear Mama," and he says, "Mama made with the leftovers she was given, Mama made a miracle everything's given. Take the leftovers of life that you have been given, make your miracle." You know, and you're making what you miracles.
0: Have. You're huh? work, you're making miracles. I mean, your yeah. your art is traveling with across the- borders. You're in. Uh, You're being like with some of the like I saw some of the institutions, yeah. not just in Kansas City, but Kansas City seems to be treating you really well, though. I mean, it seems like you guys have a pretty great network there and you're also part of a collective. How many years have you been a part of that and how have they supported you as an artist?
1: Okay, well, that was that exhibit we talked about with the Nelson Atkins. It was through this collective. So uh, they've supported me by giving me opportunities. I wouldn't have been in that Nelson exhibit if it were not through the collective. And the Nelson even purchased one of my artworks for their permanent collection. And I don't think that would have happened with the collective. My, oh, wow. fellow artist, my fellow artist that is here in the gallery working on some things, uh, I like the feeling of that because I remember watching about Basquiat. You know, when he had his gallery, he would let young artists come in, take a space and work on stuff. It was cool. So, uh, I mean, we're not in New York City and, and everything, but it's cool. But that it, not, not only was it that, the opportunity uh, to, to network of other artists. So the collective has provided that connections. So what it has done for me has really been kind of on a, I, I don't know the word to describe it. It's been on a personal and professional level.
0: It's uh, like a community with like... It
1: is a community.
0: Like with compadres who basically understand your journey. Yes,
1: they do. Because they're
0: also on that artistic, creative journey and, and probably, uh, like most of us, you know, you know, pursuing your passion, like after you pay the bills.
1: Exactly. If you look back and you study, um, the abstract expressionists of the 50s, right? A lot of their paintings drip. But you know what the real reason for that was? They painted houses, and they were poor, so the only paint they could get was the leftover paint from the houses. That's why a lot of de Kooning's early work is nothing but black and white, because that's all the paint he could afford. And now those paintings are considered masterpieces, so you got to take what you got. Work with that thing, you know?
0: If you look at right what's happening right now with you in the studio... Versus what was happening with you like three years ago in your work. I What is the difference that you're seeing or experiencing as you're expressing on the campus?
1: I think my current art is a little more reflective looking back over my life. My experiences, the people that were in my life, like this piece I'm working on right now. You know, it's got bandanas up in there that are commonly associated with gangs and stuff. And kind of where I grew up with, that was a thing. But they're all different colors, you know, and so these are men, but. You know, that's a part of our consciousness sometimes. You know, if you grew like I tell people, if you grew up in the hood, then either you was a shooter, you knew who the shooters were, or you knew someone who was affected or affiliated with the shooters. I mean, you no, know, but we all, remember the movie, A uh, Set It All? Yes. Remember when they, the police were inter- interrogating Rebecca Fox after the bank robbery and yelling at her? and She yep. said, I can't help yep. who I know. That's right. I can't help who I know. I know a guy. in prison now for cannibalism he's a cool gap but he had some problems but
0: uh
1: (laughs) it's just life so you reflect on that and when you for me when i reflect on it it makes me far less judgmental because we all in this thing together and i think some of that's coming out in my work so it's like conversations with myself about my life
0: so i mean okay so these conversations that you're having with yourself about your life I guess the question is, I mean, did you do you feel that you were judgmental before?
1: Well, you know, I think coming up, there were like, there were kids, guys I went to school with that got into all sorts of stuff. And you know, I was kind of critical. But then you look back and you realize you don't know what they were raised up in. You don't know what they were exposed to. You don't know why they did this. You don't, you realize there are things we don't see that affect how a person thinks. But so yeah, when I say there was probably a period of time where I was not as empathetic as I could have been, to friends of mine that got in trouble with the law. I got a very dear friend who, who really, frankly, we've reconnected. This guy did 40 years. He, when he went into prison, we were just like out of high school.
0: And it probably wasn't even for anything that big either.
1: Over the years, he, got, he, he grew out of the fury and anger. And now he's reflective. And plus, now he's one of the most positive people I know.
0: Wow. So that's probably been interesting for your work. Like also talking to him and reflecting on his stories and his life and stuff.
1: Um, And I feel bad for him. It hurts. It really does. It hurts because it's like this dude went through some stuff that nobody should have went through. He acted on it. He should not have been nobody going in 18 years old who ain't murdered nobody should be sitting in prison for 40 damn years
0: the system it's like we he, talked about that this in just you know and really quick i actually i know i know this is really the last point but okay Notice also in the work uh, that you create there's a lot of music um oh, yeah. references <laughs> is that because you play music or you oh, enjoy like music I got a
1: TV stereo over here that I could see when I, I even moved it over here just so I could see it while I work. Oh well, yeah. It's so all the time. music.
0: Okay. So love that music. I noticed. So it's a lot of jazz. I'm seeing a lot of like, you know, kind of, uh, it seems like a jazz inspired, but then also see, the faces. You see,
1: see, you got me thinking now about bringing another table over here so I could bring my turntable and LP collection.
0: And you should do that and you have insurance, so you'll be okay. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> And then the other thing is I noticed the faces. What is that symbolizing? Is that symbolizing like the various phases or the I don't know faces that, that, or mask that we that people have to wear or what's what's happening there? People have
1: said for a long time my work looks like masks, but I don't intend to do that. It's just just the way it come out. I just kind of work instinctively and it's just like the way they look. So there might be something subconscious in that, but definitely not something I'm consciously plot planning to do.
0: Okay. I I just wanted to know because I I find it really interesting Mm because they all have different tones and sometimes they're shaped differently. And then you also do a thing like the barbershop is going, Some of them have like the, you know, the the, the kitten play or the asymmetrical. And so, I I I mean, I'm just was trying to to figure out. I'm an artist. I do. I'm an artist. I do
1: weird stuff. Do weird
0: stuff. Okay. Okay. I'll let you off the hook for that. Anyway, with that being said, you gave the words of advice for artists, but then in closing, what would you want to say to folks uh, across the globe? Work Work with with what what you have. have. I think this next dimension you're entering in is going to be really interesting because now, like, finally, after all these years, you know, you're getting like accolades, recognition, space, resources. So I'm really interested, I'm going to keep eyeing you, interested in, in, in uh, watching uh, exactly okay. what, what's up next. I think the next year and a half is really going to be a, a really interesting uh, turning and tipping point for your art and your creativity, I have a feeling. Thank you. Thank you very much for your time. Uh-huh. Um, and we'll be in touch. And okay, have a great you. day today. Bye, Harold. You too. Bye-bye. Thanks again for tuning in to this episode of Raising the Bar podcast series. This series is brought to you by Bit House Group and Bar Art and Residency. Once again, my name is Jewel Sparks and at Bar, we love to hear about your favorite artists and we welcome you to recommend them to us as a guest for our series. You can connect with Bar Art and Residency via LinkedIn or follow Bar Residency on Instagram. Please send an email to info at barbarresidency.com. Thanks again for tuning in and until next time.